0: Once again, for those of you who maybe don't know me, my name is Darren Alf, and I run the website at bicycletouringpro.com. I've been running the website there, bicycletouringpro.com, since 2007, so a little bit over 10 years now. And for the last 17 years, or more now actually... I've been riding my bicycle all around the world. I started bike touring at the age of 17 with a month-long bike trip from Oregon to Mexico down the California coastline, and then I just got addicted and started going all over the place. I've cycled across the United States uh, six times in six different directions, and I've cycled across dozens and dozens of different countries all around the world um, on just about every continent. and. Yeah, and so for the last 10 years, um, I've been running Pro.com where I help people from all around the world learn how to conduct their own amazing bike tours, whether it be a short, like, two-day bike tour near where they live or a multi-year-long adventure that takes them all the way around the world. Most people, however, that are usually, that I'm working with and helping to plan their bike trips are, like, planning something between just a few days and a few weeks so like maybe you know one week to two weeks that's like honestly like the most common length of the bike tours that most people are doing so anyways that's kind of who i am i run bicycletouringpro.com i've written four books about cycling and the most popular of which are the bicycle touring blueprint which is the book it's like a textbook it's 400 pages long About how to conduct a bike tour anywhere in the world So if you're new to bike touring And you want to get started That is the book that I recommend you read Um, My other book is much skinnier It's called The Essential Guide to Touring Bicycles And that book is about Basically like what is a touring bicycle And what you should look for If you're in the market for your first Touring bike So anyways that's who I am Um, I think one of the things That I'm most proud of having run Bicycle Touring Pro for 10 plus years now, is the fact that like not only am I teaching people how to do bike tours, but I'm actually actively doing it myself. Like, I, I'm not just like sitting behind a computer and telling you what to do um, or how to do it, and I'm not like curate, just curating the stories of other people who have gone on bike tours. Um, I'm actually going off on long distance bike tours On a regular basis, and um, constantly kind of updating um, my own strategies and the strategies, products, techniques that I recommend to you guys and other people all around the world. So I'm kind of I'm really proud of that fact, and I think that's kind of the number one thing that maybe separates me from other people or organizations out there is the fact that like I am actively doing these bike tours um, myself. So. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's been a really like awesome summer so far because Bicycle Turn Pro is at its peak right now. And so many people are visiting the website and reading my book and sending me messages on social media and sending me pictures from their bike tours all around the world. And I think that's like what keeps me going more than anything is like when I get a photo or a video from you guys along with like a sentence or two that says like hey Darren you know I read your book or I watched your videos and now here I am out on the road you know and then you send me a picture with your bike and and you in the photo I think that's really really cool so please keep it up keep that stuff coming I really really appreciate it what I want to do today because I just recently completed a month-long bike tour here in Sweden Finland and Norway and because I just completed that trip, I thought now would be the perfect time for me to talk about what it's like to go bicycle touring in this part of the world. It's a part of the world that many people are interested in traveling on their bicycles, so now that I'm here, I think it's a good time to talk about it. Okay, let's begin, shall we? So Sweden, Finland, and Norway are the three countries that I just finished riding through, and Sweden, Sweden, Finland, and Norway are three of the northernmost countries in all of Europe. Um, if you don 't know where those countries are, you should maybe check a map right now because i 'm going to mention um, some places, not only the countries themselves, but I might mention some cities and stuff that you might want to know where they are but um, before i I was preparing this webinar and trying to think of like everything that I know about these three countries, and what I realized is i've actually spent a lot of time traveling on my bicycle in all of these countries, Sweden, Finland, and Norway. Uh, In Finland, I've spent 36 total days in Finland. In Norway, I've spent 76 total days. And in Sweden, I've spent 107 days. So in total, I have like over seven months worth of experience bicycle touring in these three countries combined. And for someone who's not from Europe at all, I think that's a pretty good amount of time and a pretty good amount of experience. So I feel like I have a good sense of these countries, even though I'm not actually from here. Um, And maybe it's a good thing that I'm not from here because I have like an outsider's perspective of what these places are like. I know a lot of people, some people watching today might be from these three countries and it might be... Strange or uh, something, uh, you know, my perspective might be different than yours because you are from this place, but I'm going to share what I think of Sweden and Finland and Norway today. I think if I had to say like the biggest difference between these three countries, I would say that Norway is the most distinct because it has hills and it has like very scenic waterfront. Uh, Like with mountains that just dive down deep into the water. Whereas Sweden and Finland together are kind of very similar. Um, They're much flatter overall, although there are hills in both countries. But Sweden and Finland are, are very much like lakes, rivers, forests. And that's pretty much it for just like miles and miles and miles or kilometers and kilometers and kilometers. Just the whole country lakes, rivers, and forests. So, um, if you want something that's kind of flat, uh, Sweden and Nor- uh, Sweden and Finland are like the places to go, but if you're up for a little bit more of a challenge, Norway is fantastic and the scenery is spectacular, but you are going to be challenged a bit more because there is more climbing to do there. When is the best time to visit these th- these three countries? It's definitely during the summertime if you're planning a bike tour. The months of June, July, August, September, I have been here for all of those months and and I think it's all great. I think what you should expect generally, however, is, especially in Norway, I would say, um, more than anywhere else, is is cold temperatures at times, even during the summer months. and And you just gotta be ready for that. It's not terribly cold during the summer, but it is chilly, and, and you're going to want to have a good rain jacket, a good set of rain pants, um, a good fleece you know, jacket to keep you warm, and, and that sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, June, July, August, September, all of that is good. The other fantastic thing about coming here during the summer months is that the sun practically never sets, depending on where you are exactly in these three countries. But... For this bike tour that i just completed i spent much of my time up above the arctic circle and once i got above that arctic circle the the sun never went down at night it would be two in the morning and the sun would be up so that took a little getting used to to be honest but it really didn't like upset my sleep schedule or anything either so i think i think it's a good thing overall though because it allows you to cycle for so much longer during the day, or to just have a more enjoyable day overall. I, this last fall, I completed a bike tour in Ecuador and Colombia in South America. And because those countries are essentially right on the equator, Ecuador is on the equator, um, the night came very quickly. By six o'clock at night, I had to be in camp or in a hotel or something because it was dark. Whereas here, there were several nights on my recently completed bike trip where I would be cycling at night at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night sometimes, and, and it was perfectly light outside. So I kind of enjoyed that because I'm, I'm much more of a night person. I don't, like, I don't really like waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go bike at, you know, as soon as the sun comes up. So anyways, that's just something to keep in mind is the fact that during the summer months, The sun essentially does not go down in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. So anyways, and then finally, the the other thing that I wanted to, to mention is the direction that the wind blows, because I've ridden in these three countries in all sorts of different directions, and I've noticed for the most part, it's a generalization, but I've noticed for the most part that when I was going north, going from the south up north, I had a bit of a headwind. But when I was going the other direction, I had a bit of a tailwind, so if, if it was me and I was choosing any direction to go across any of these countries, I would definitely choose to go from north to south versus the other way around. And if you're going east or west, I would probably go from the west to the east instead of from the east to the west. So um, just some things to keep in mind if you are indeed planning a bike tour in this part of the world. One of the things I guess I want to mention now is like why I love Sweden, Finland, and Norway because it's honestly like one of my favorite parts of the entire world and many of you who, who have been following me on Bicycle Turn Pro know that like I've been slowly making my way across all of the countries in Europe and I've kind of been focusing on that recently um, and right now there's 50 something countries I believe in Europe and I've I've ridden my bicycle across all of them except for three. And those three countries are Russia, Belarus, and Cyprus. So I've been to every other country in Europe on my bicycle. And for whatever reason, I left Sweden, Finland, and Norway until the end. Actually, I know exactly what the reason was. The reason was everyone told me Sweden, Finland, and Norway were the most expensive countries in the whole world. And I was afraid of going here because I was, I thought it was going to be so expensive that I couldn't afford it or couldn't stay here very long. The reality is, I've act, like I said, I've spent seven months here, so I've spent a considerable amount of time. Yes, it is expensive, but it's not that expensive, and it's worth every cent. So I'm just going to list some of the things that I really like about Sweden, Finland, and Norway right now. Um, the first thing is the boundless nature. Like if if you're a nature person, if you like lakes and forests and rivers and streams and wildlife and edible plants and that sort of thing, then this is the place for you. Gosh, I just love the nature, especially, you know, there's there's not a lot of places in the world where there's just so much nature that you can ha- like go to a lake and have it all to yourself. You know, there's so many parts in the world where. I don't know, like if you're in New York City and you go to Central Park, you're sharing that park with thousands of other people. And it's not like you could say that that's nature because there's a tree, but it's not the same as being out in the forest in Finland or Sweden or something and having the entire place to yourself. And that's what I really like. Along the same lines, there's not a lot of people... In these three countries overall Like a lot of the towns are pretty small That you're going to be passing through And I kind of enjoy that I mean the traffic is light There's not a lot of people out there You're not going to be bugged at night By, I don't know, people walking past your campsite Or anything like that And so, yeah, I really enjoyed that That aspect of it as well Again, like I've mentioned this In other videos and articles That I've written about Northern uh, Northern Europe is that these three countries, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, they have what's called the right to roam. It's also called, like, Allemannsreiten or something like that, Allemannsreiten. And it's it's basically a rule or a law or something that uh, says that you have the right to enjoy nature as long as you, like, treat it respectfully and don't leave a heavy mark. So in these three countries, you can basically hike or ride your bike or camp pretty much anywhere you want as long as it's not on private property. So I'm going to be releasing soon on the Bicycle Turn Pro YouTube channel about 25 new videos from this bike tour that I just completed and you're going to see that almost every single night of the trip I just camped in the forest somewhere and I wasn't breaking any laws by doing that like I might be in some other parts of the world. And yeah, it was just fantastic. So I think, you know, like I just mentioned that this part of the world can be very expensive, but that's one of the great things about coming here on a bike tour is the fact that you do not have to pay to camp in the forest, right? Again, like I just completed this three-month-long bike tour in Ecuador and Colombia not too long ago. And one of the downsides to that tour was the fact that there are not a lot of roads to cycle on in those two countries. Like There are essentially two roads on which you can cycle. Whereas here in Norway, Sweden, and Finland, there's actually a plethora of roads that you can choose from um, going in all sorts of different directions. And the roads are generally paved and in very good condition. There's also a, a pretty vast network of dirt roads and bike paths. Um, That sort of thing, but the roads, if you're going cross-country, are generally like a small two-lane road. Um, You know, vehicles passing one way and one way. And the shoulder might be small, but there's just not a lot of traffic. And there there were many points on this bike tour that I just completed where I would be cycling for a good 20 minutes maybe. And I wouldn't see another car or vehicle of any kind. So it's pretty awesome from a bicycle turn standpoint to have spectacular scenery, almost no traffic, and when there is traffic you might get just like five cars in a row passing you, and then you have a break for a little bit, and then five cars passing you for a little bit, and then a break, right? So it's compared to so many other parts of the world where you, you, know, you might have to be riding on a, high, a busy highway or contending with big semi-trucks. I don't know, I I think the cycling up here is really, overall, quite spectacular. Another great thing about this entire part of the world, Sweden, Finland, and Norway, is that pretty much everybody speaks English. So if you can understand me right now, you can get by really, really well here in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. I kind of like going to countries where I don't speak the language. Like I think that adds another element to the overall tour, but... I know that for a lot of people who do travel, they're kind of afraid or maybe a little timid about going to places where they they can't communicate. So Sweden, Finland, and Norway are, are all three great countries to go to because the locals speak English and some of them are really really good at it. I, I mentioned this on I think an Instagram post on Bicycle Train Pro, but Finland is the most literate country in the world, and. Um, Sweden is not so far behind, I don't think From an education standpoint The people are really, really great Everyone speaks really good English Not everyone I did run into a few people that didn't speak English But, like, three maybe um, In a month So The other good thing about Sweden, Finland, and Norway Is that it's great for both men and for women Um, Norway, especially I don't know why but i've seen more solo women in norway traveling on bicycle than i have in any other country anywhere in the world um in a lot of countries i never see any women on a bicycle but in all of these countries sweden finland and norway i have seen women on bikes but in norway especially again i don't know exactly why but I've seen more women traveling alone there than anywhere else in the world. So, it's a it's a very safe place. Just a, when I announced earlier that you know I was in Sweden and I would be doing this webinar, somebody said, "Be careful! It's dangerous. Those refugees up there are causing all sorts of trouble." And I don't know what I think. Some people have been watching the TV too much or something, but that's generally just not true. Um, there are refugees here. In Umeå, Sweden, where I am now, you see them around town and stuff. Um, But honestly, they're just normal people going about their lives. I talk to them all the time and ask where they're from and what they're doing here now. And they're playing with their kids in the park and they're just normal people. So generally, I think those statements that I get sometimes about places being dangerous in the world, you know, I've been to far, (laughs) I've been to dangerous places in the world, and Sweden, Finland, and Norway are not those places. So I kind of laugh a little bit when people say, be careful, it's dangerous in Sweden, because it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say. Obviously, like, some bad things do happen here, of course, Like, but it's not like a widespread problem like it is in so many other parts of the world. The other good thing, I think, about traveling here in Northern Europe is is the fact that the, the main resources that you need to have access to on a long distance bike tour are actually very easy to find. So the, the main things that you need when you go bicycle touring are food, water, gas for your camp stove potentially, internet access, and electricity. And all of those things are very, very easy to find in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. Um, there are supermarkets spaced out at regular intervals. Maybe the longest you'd ever have to go is like two days um, before getting to a supermarket. As far as water goes, a lot of the time you can just scoop the water straight out of a stream, um, and the locals are doing the same thing. So it's not like uh, I'm a dirty bike tourist and I'm just living off the land. Like it. A lot of people do it. Gas is, is easy to find, especially if you're getting it from a gas station, but there's also plenty of, because this is an outdoor sort of paradise, there are plenty of sports and outdoor stores selling like propane, butane, you know, camp stoves sort of fuels. Electricity is abundant. You can stop at libraries, gas stations, restaurants, charge your smartphone or your camera batteries or your laptop or whatever you might be traveling with and as far as internet access goes the internet here is actually really really good i think finland has some of the best internet access that i've experienced anywhere in the world Um, when i was in finland i paid 20 20 euros for a sim card for one month and for 20 euros i had unlimited phone text and data on my on my smartphone and with that i was like I, I could be out in the middle of the forest, you know, one kilometer from the Russian border, on my laptop computer in my tent, and I could be watch, like, streaming Netflix on my computer, like, it, and it was, you know, in HD. So, yeah, it's really, really nice um, t- to be, I think, like, a modern bicycle traveler out in the out in the woods, and yet still connected back to home. And I think that brings a certain peace of mind as far as like personal safety and stuff goes. A lot of people nowadays don't want to be um, disconnected in case something were to go wrong. And so it's kind of nice to be able to just have your phone and call your friends and family back home just to stay in touch or in the event of an emergency to call for help. So, yeah, really, really great. Another great thing about Sweden, Finland, and Norway is that Public transportation is pretty darn easy. Not necessarily cheap, but definitely easy. Um, the buses especially, um, I found to be very easy to take your bicycle on. i never had any problem taking the bus in any three, uh, any three of these countries. Um, I have had a little trouble, as some of you know, taking the train in uh, Sweden, but uh, I think that they're fixing that so hopefully it'll be better in the future but yeah the buses like i would recommend traveling on the bus more than the train if you do need to to you know uh, jump over a certain part of the country what else what else oh last thing i just want to say um from a positive perspective is that if you are not the sort of person that likes to camp like i love camping and i could just stay in my tent forever out in the forest or whatever. But I know that there are a lot of people that don't like to do that. And if you're a person that wants to see this part of the world but doesn't necessarily want to camp or you want to have a shower and a warm meal each day, there are ways to do that here. There are actually hotels. Um, There are lots of campgrounds actually that have small cabins that you can rent. Um, Those cabins usually cost anywhere from like 50 to $100 per night. Uh, At a campsite, and the prices go up from there as well. But um, but yeah, so there there are ways to do it, and there are also a number of tour companies that are offering guided and self guided bicycle tours in these three countries. So if you want to see Sweden, Finland, or Norway by bike, and you kind of um, want like the whole trip planned for you, you want the meals fixed, and you want to stay in a nice hotel in a scenic place or whatever, um, there are are a number of different countries offering tours in this part of the world. In fact, if you go to bicycleturnpro.com right now, and up in the main menu there's a button called Bike Tours. If you click that button, you will see a number of bike tours that I have gone on myself in Norway and Finland. I don't have one from Sweden on there. but. These are guided or self-guided bike tours that I've done in these countries, and I would recommend all of them. The three companies that I've I've traveled with are Active Norway, so ActiveNorway.com. They're, they have bike tours all across Norway, and they're probably the biggest company, or they are the biggest company. There's another company called Berg, Berg Fritig, and I'm not exactly sure what that means, something about mountains. But um, Berg Frittid And they're in Norway And they have a, I think a couple small bike tours Near Berg in Norway And then there's another company called Uppetrek U-P-I-T-R-E-K Bike tours Upatrek bike tours And they operate in central Finland And they've got a really cool Kind of lakes and forest tour There in central Finland That I would recommend So yeah that's, Those are the positives the negatives to cycling in Sweden, Finland, and Norway, the most obvious of, obvious of which is the cost. Um, like I said, like things like transportation are pretty expensive, food is expensive, drinks are expensive, lodging is expensive. But it can be done affordably. And, and I kept track on this particular bike tour, the one I just completed, and figured out exactly how much my one-month-long bike tour cost. Do you want to try to guess here? exactly how much it cost me for one month of bike touring in Sweden, Finland, and Norway? Leave a comment. Let me know. What do you think? Okay, I'll tell you how much it cost. It cost me $722.76. That's US dollars. So one month of bike touring costs $722.76. That's about 676 euros. And if you divide that by the number of days that I was on the road, that comes out to about $26 per day or about 23 euros per day. So that's what I was spending on this most recent bike tour. For some of you, that might be a lot of money. For other people, you might think, hey, I can afford 26 bucks a day. No problem. So, yeah, that's I, I think that's encouraging to know that, like, hey, it's not that expensive. You know, keep in mind, I was camping, so I didn't pay I only paid for one night of, of camping on my trip, and that price does not include the airfare to get to Europe, which for me was like another $900 or something. I think the other downside, especially if you choose to travel in Finland or Sweden, is the fact that because the com- these two countries are so big and so vast... That the landscape can become a bit boring because the country is essentially flat, it's forested, and it's just basically like forest, lake, river, forest, lake, river, forest, lake, river, forest, lake, river, forest, lake, river for days and days and days. And personally, like, I really enjoy that and I think, like, I think it's really nice and I could do that for several more months to be honest but i know that some of the people that i met on the road recently um, especially like people that were traveling through sweden and finland and had been there for a couple weeks they were starting to get a little bit tired of like the endless forest so that's just something to keep in mind the cold i already mentioned norway especially is pretty darn cold um, and you have to be prepared for that even during the summer months. One of the good things, however, about the cold, especially like what I encountered on this most recent trip, is that the cold kept the mosquitoes away. So I didn't get I didn't even see a mosquito until the last three days of my bike tour once the weather started to warm up. As soon as the weather started to warm, um, it was more comfortable to ride in, but those mosquitoes started coming out. And the mosquitoes are probably, In my opinion, the worst part of cycling in Finland and Sweden especially. The mosquitoes are not as bad in Norway, and that might be because of the cold, maybe because of some of the wind coming in off of the coast. But um, yeah, the mosquitoes can get pretty bad up here, so you need to be prepared for that. You need to probably have some bug spray. Um, You want to pick your campsites very, very carefully. And you want to make sure that your tent that you're using is completely bug-proof. You want to make sure the zipper is, you know, working and closing properly, that you don't have any holes in your mosquito netting, etc. So that's basically it. Do you guys have any other questions about um, Sweden, Finland, or Norway? Okay, I'm looking at the comments now. If you have any questions about Sweden, Finland, or Norway, let me know. If I don't see any questions, I'll just move on. Someone saying, "I used about six hundred U.S. dollars to bike in Norway last summer, so that's about on par with where I was, right?" And obviously, like, like when it comes to cost, I could have done my trip for a whole lot less if I wanted to, and I was like really trying to pinch my pennies. But I honestly like I would go into the store and buy whatever I wanted and not look at the price. Um, so I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't trying to be super budget conscious or anything. I was just simply trying to get the stuff that I wanted and be comfortable, right? So price, I was not worrying about price. And I, like I said, I could have done it much more cheaply if I really wanted to. And and I certainly could have spent more if I wanted to as well. All right, that's it. That has been my presentation on bicycle touring in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. If you would like more information about any of these three countries, be sure to visit my website at bicycletouringpro.com. If you go there, just type in the name of one or all of those three countries into the search bar, for example, Sweden. Type in Sweden, and you will see all of the articles, videos, and photos, and content That I have created about that country. So go to bicycletouringpro.com right now and check out the additional information that I have about bicycle touring in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. I'm Darren Alf from bicycletouringpro.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you out on the road sometime soon.